the man behind the hustling grind. This is pride, courage, determination, and perseverance. Welcome to No Looks Given. All right, how's your mic check? Mic check? Mic check. One, two. All right, let's open this up. Welcome to No Lux Given Podcast. Myself, Dana Keith, and my co-host. Brother Luck, the lucky brother. Lucky brother in the building, man. I'm here. Welcome, I'm here. Welcome, welcome back for another week of No Lux Given Podcast. I'm excited for this episode because it's super vulnerable and uh, I'm always a fan of good stories and uh, I think today you're, you guys are in... Um, store for a good treat um, Brother Luck has the Facebook Live We're answering questions I'm on the Facebook Live today What's up everybody um, And we have a wonderful setup Brother hooked up for the Facebook Live <laughs> um, We could talk about But let's let's start off with um, your, your hairstyle Let's talk about your hairdo today Oh I look, I look pro- I'm very Ooh, dim on year <laughs> Looking fresh bro Looking real fresh You know I, I, I think it's important It's just one of those things that you know, if you if your hair's done right, yeah, you feel you better. You feel better, right? I, you got I a little bit more confidence, and 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 that's I'm stoked to be able to to be able to rock it today. So, uh, shout out to uh, to the team over at Superior because they they definitely killed it today with the braids. Hey, they killed it with the three uh, three braids. You got jokes. Hey, brother, looking good. He's just the- mad because he got that he got that uh, <laughs> sideshow Bob hair going on. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the, what'd you say? Bros with froze. Bros with froze. Bros with froze. Man. All right. So this is incredible. We have a great view of the update of where the, you know, the uh, studio is at right now. I think people on live get a good perspective of that. I've gotten some great feedback from the brick walls in the back with the, with the podcast. So oh, it's it's got such an amazing vibe in here and we've yes, been working so hard. I mean yes. we we just passed, I don't know what, three months, four months of, of working on this space. And we're close. We're we're probably about thirty days out from releasing this to the public. Amen. And I'm so excited because we finally get to cook all these crazy dinners with no restraints. Right. None. Like we're gonna be cooking off the wall, crazy, inspired, no rules, no concept, no no theme. Yeah, no borders. No borders. I love that. I love coloring outside the line. You know, I was yeah, one of those yeah, kids. Color just, outside the lines. I color all over the plate. All right, all right. And and I love that it's gonna be inspired by, you know, just different ingredients from different companies that they can you know, I don't know if sponsor is the right word. Is that the right word? Yeah. You know, we want to showcase great products. Showcase. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. I love showcasing. Collaborating. I mean, we had this pig show up from 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 Victor, right? Rocky Mountain Organic and, and the whole team up there. They brought this pig in, 300 pounds. You should have seen us lugging this thing up the staircase. Oh, that would have been dope. <laughs> it wasn't. Nah, no, dope for me to film. <laughs> Not to so do. <laughs> we carried this 300-pound pig upstairs, and and I actually had the opportunity to, to, to teach one of our, our young cooks how to butcher a pig. Yeah. You know, and, and it's amazing that, that I take that kind of stuff for granted because right, 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 I've been right. on so many farms. I've, I've worked in, on, on so many whole animals yep. that – to me, it's just kind of like, oh, that's cooking. But like a young cook has never seen that. Right. He's like, oh, that's where bacon comes from. <laughs> oh my god. You know, I mean, really. I, but but to see it in action is a different perspective. Yes, I think that's something that's that that's really cool. So, and as a chef, you can appreciate it different. Yep. Especially like um, what I love about 
um, the specific business you just talked about is farm to table. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it like this. We're, we've been building uh, this garden outside, right? Yeah, all yeah. these pots of, of herbs and lettuces and seeds and all these great things that we want to, yeah. all that's incorporated into the dishes. Yeah. Right. Yo, that, I just got to say, I got to say this cause it's on my soul. You ready? This right here, what we just described like the way that it's farm to table and then the way that you utilize like the garden, like that has to be a part of the story, like with the documentary. No, I'm going to give you a gem. All right. I'm going to give you a gem. All right. Okay. All right. So if you don't have blood or dirt on your hands, don't even talk to me about being a chef. You don't mm. know nothing about food. You don't appreciate in the it. life cycle. Right. The life cycle, how long it takes for that animal to be harvested, how mm. long it takes for that seed to blossom and right. be picked. Right. So the gardening gets you the dirt and then the pig gets you the blood. You have to, un you can't talk to me about cooking if you don't right. have either on your hands. And, and for the people that are like me who are not chefs, it sounds a little gruesome. You know what I'm saying? But there is something about it. It is life. That is the process. Like what you're eating is you know, the food cycle. Yeah. Per se. yeah. I mean, there's a connection to the dirt. Yeah. When, when you're, I don't care if you're a vegetarian or, or you're a meat eater, there's a connection to the soil when you're right. planting something yes. and you're watering it yeah. and you're babying it and you're protecting it from the elements, you're protecting it from right. the weather, you're protecting it from the birds. There's so many things that you're protecting it from. Right. You know, you, you, you build this bond mm. and that bond is what makes you not burn it. You right. appreciate it. It doesn't just show up in a in a in a plastic bag or or you know cryovacked in a. It had a face right. at some point. It, right. it breathed oxygen at some point. Right, and that's the connection we want a lot of our staff to get back to. So to understand that's what's really cool about this space is mm. I have a, a lot more time. To give them that the education, education, oh, man. that training. We talked about that. Yes, that's hard. And for for like um, a chef, you know, to come into your building, not really expecting those things, you know, because most people would imagine that you're just going to the refrigerator, you know, pulling something out and then you cook it. Well, at no. least for me, for me, you know. But you guys are doing it like, you know butchering the whole animal oh yeah because think now we got this beautiful pig that came in so now obviously we're not roasting a whole pig we're not going to serve the whole pig for 100 people right what do you do with it i don't know break it down to right us. so now you got your primal parts we broke them down into primal parts so now we have to start to fabricate that into things that can be worked into other things so a good dinner in in my opinion a good dinner revolves around a pantry. You need a beautiful pantry. And a pantry, right, that cupboard that everybody keeps the Oreos and the yeah, chips in yeah. should actually be with the intent of what would you do if you didn't have a refrigerator? Mm. How would you preserve that food to survive the winter? Right. When you start to think like that, that's when the food makes sense. Yeah, break that down right? to me because so, the only thing that came to my mind at that moment was before they had refrigerators, they used to put the food in the dirt. Uh -huh. So tell me what you mean by that, like so, as far as for the pantry part. Absolutely. So so we're getting ready to go into tomato season, right? Okay. Summer's, summer's coming up. Yep. We're going to go into tomato season. Yep. So everyone's going to be eating tomatoes. They're beautiful. They're ripe. But it goes through a stage, right? You start with the little, little sweet 100s. The little yeah. cherry tomatoes, and yeah. then you get into those Romas, then you get into those big beefsteaks at the end of the season. Yeah. 
Now, when that season's over, that shouldn't be the end of the that shouldn't be the end, end of, of the tomatoes. life of tomatoes. Right. That's when you, you need to take that harvest and preserving. Oh. Right. You're drying them. That's what y'all be doing with all them jars. Like, what and, do you call them? Yeah, like so the, mason, the mason jars. There, when yeah. it's just sitting there, what is it yeah, called? Yeah, you're making pickles. You're making vinegars. You're making chutneys. You're making That's all these you're condiments. Describing? Yes. That preservation That process. preservation technique. Those are, those are so crucial because you should be able to serve tomatoes in January. Yeah. But they shouldn't be fresh. Right. Your menu should reflect that. So we teach a lot of our staff to think like that. Yeah. If yeah. you caught that fish, yeah. how are you going to store that fish? You were going to smoke it. Right. Right. You were going to dry it out. Right. You were going to do a jerky. Right. So those techniques, those Native American techniques, those pioneer techniques, those those indigenous techniques, mm-hmm. those are crucial to cooking. Yeah. Because they didn't have a fridge. They buried it in the base of an oak tree. Right. In a cool spot. Right. You had. And, and that's the education that your chefs can get. From having such a experimental environment, and it's not just the chefs. This right. is for the servers. This right. is for the this bartenders. Yes, now this is for the guests. Yes, we now want with we, the studio. Yes. I'm glad that you I, brought that full circle. I want them to be involved. Why in are you the talking? Story I got to check something because it's on my mind. Go ahead. Yep, I want them to be involved in the storyline because that's one of the most important parts. Is it started somewhere, which meant. The story began way before I began preparing it, right? Yeah. Whether you're a bartender, you're a barista, you're a chef, you're a mixologist, whatever yeah. you are, it started with other people. Yeah. Somebody planted it. Somebody raised it. Somebody harvested. Somebody transported it. Then it showed up to you. So don't ever forget that part of the story when you're preparing and that makes the difference of quality ingredients is how it was raised, who raised it, what did they feed them, what kind of care did they take, that type of thing. Yes, and as you that's get what to know makes those it people. special when you do get farm to table. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. We, we shouldn't even be thinking about farm to table as a marketing term. We should be thinking out about farm to table as, as just in general. Food. Because, like, we live, in, we live in the U.S. where, I mean, there's conglomerates that have bought all this property and they control farming and the farmers right. don't own the farms. Right. The right. farmers work for Man, this the is conglomerate. A this is a, this is a topic. Cause I remember when you schooled me on some things about farming. Yeah. I don't want to get too deep into it, but, but it's one of the hardest industries that dates back so long. Right. That has just been lost. And it's, it's because yeah. it's so hard and it's, it's so hard to survive. Right. People are like, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to follow in my father's footsteps. So talk about your experience, because I know you and Sauce do the farming like um, for yourselves. Mm-hmm. And Sauce, Sauce has, a, has a wonderful garden, but you do it right inside, right outside on the patio here. Mm-hmm. And you also garden garden personally. So I, talk about your experiences and, you know, would would you recommend? Because honestly, like this is something that I'm seeing a lot more in like um, online mm-hmm. is encouraging people to farm yeah and grow their own food i mean imagine imagine a world where we didn't have front yards for decoration yo you said that to me one time yo spit it to them to break that down that idea well i mean that's it's all dirt right right and you can grow your own food it's not hard to grow your own food right but at the end of the day when we talk about you know nice garnishes we talk about things that are are exceptional grow it yeah i mean a pack of seeds is two dollars Mm. Right. And in, t- in, in 14 to 28 days, you're going to be able to harvest 
those herbs. You're going to be able to harvest those those greens. Right. That's a really easy thing to start with. So right. that's what I like to grow a lot at the restaurant because those are finishes. Mm. Right. We'll grow nasturtiums. Right. We'll grow pansies. We'll grow Johnny Jump Ups. We'll grow all these different types of herbs that we can work into the menu. But it's nice because this is even more small scale. And that's the biggest challenge when you're working in a high volume Big restaurant. Scale to have that. I can't call my farmer and be like, hey, can you sell me 250 pork tenderloins right. so I can make it through this week? That's, that's, you know, that's, that's 125 pigs. Like that's <laughs> that's that, that, what do you call it? The, um, the balance. The balance. It, yeah. It, it just, you can't. So, you know, you have to Quality, buy quantity, you know, you have to buy a whole animal and then fabricate it into multiple things. So, yes. you know, you're taking that leg and you're turning it into a country ham. Right. You're taking that shoulder and you're grinding up all that meat and you're turning that into sausages. You're taking those loins and you're making, you know, center cut pieces or you're saving them for a nice dinner. I mean, we did that last week where we had all those tenderloins from the lambs that we've been harvesting all, all the last couple of months. No, that's cool. And all those tenderloins finally had the chance to, to be prepared yeah, yeah, for a room. Yeah. yeah. But and, we and had to collect. Serving those. Yeah. I mean, that was 12. That was 12 lambs. So this is cool because not only do you, did you do the lambs in that dinner, but you also used fresh herbs in that dinner as well as your own herbs that you have here because there was like, you know, fl- the pretty flowers, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what they're called, but <laughs> <laughs> the pretty flowers that you use. So you use the um, the meat as well as the um, garnishes in the last dinner, for example. That's no, just a perfect it's, example. It, it's, it's exactly what it should be. And I think that's that's an important piece um, to, to ensure that, you know, the food is able to be represented with the storyline. The yes. storyline is, is everything. Right. And when you can share the story because you know the story, God, this is so that's good. the connection. And I, I always find that so amazing and you capture it so well when you do it on the video, Appreciate you. you know, you're able to really be like, I mean, we watched the Laguna Beach video that yeah. that, that we uh, we traveled to, and yeah. you told a whole story with not one word. Yo, that's crazy. I appreciate that. I, yeah, I shot I Sparks. It. He edited it, but I shot it. Um, but I also think back when when like just on this topic, we just watched my highlight video was of with um, the two chefs that came out. What was their names? James and um, uh, no Brian and Bri- Brian. Brian and Brian. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. So they came out, and that dinner was supplied by Grey Wolf yeah, Resort. Yeah, yeah. That so in that, in that film, like it, there's such an emotional connection when Blake is talking that because he raised this pig from a baby. Yeah. So I mean, think about that. Dog, like, like that was emotional. And in that video, like, I ain't going to see it, but I captured that too. And like I told that story of mm-hmm. like farm to table in that whole thing. They utilized the pig in so many different ways. Yeah. Well, even the field trips, you know, taking the staff, up to that farm yeah and getting to to meet those pigs right i i think was powerful we had a lot of 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 young adults who work for us that have never seen a pig or they've never seen a llama or sheep right like or chickens been out to the farm like how that is like that's incredible that's the kind of thing that i i feel is so important to continue to educate is like we have to get out of the city and most of the time it's it's a 20 minute 30 minute drive drive. maybe an hour yeah he's, he's an hour up right he's an hour in victor yeah but like that is so powerful to see that because yeah. It's just one facet. Like we we did this uh, I don't know, right before COVID. We had a we had a, a forager take us out, and he took us down to a couple different places. 
to just show us what was growing around us that we walk by every day. Yeah. And I, there was so many things that I had no idea were edible. Right. That, you know, were, were always being harvested before, you know, mainstream society came together. So right. I, I always, I always think the education is extremely important when we, when we prepare these dishes and a lot of thought goes behind it. But that's, that's kind of a big part of what we want this to be is the studio, about the educational education. and, and experimental. So I, I just want to take a second because I know we dove right into that real quick. But I want to take a second and congratulate you and, and kudos you, give you your flowers, as, as my man Nori says on, on his podcast. But I just want to, because you're doing that and you're doing the education, I know that that's important to you, but you actually have these personal connections with the farmers and you do take your staff out there to educate them. And to be honest, most restaurants would never do that. And because you're doing that, these people that you are mentoring under and that ha- you have under your umbrella up as a part of your family within the restaurant, they get to see a different side of not only the restaurant, but not only of the experience as the culinary, but what they do and the importance of what their their um, position is within the team. Yeah. So they get they get a, a whole different spectrum. So congratulations on that. I love that about you. I love that about the story. Um, I've always been a fan of, you know, Grey Wolf and them, um, because they, they do like, he is a, a farmer at the end of the day and you know, he's a farmer at heart and he really cares about these animals just by the way, the things that he feeds them. Um, but let's hop into our topic, man. We, we jumped right into that, which is great. <laughs> this is why I I'm passionate. <laughs> I tell brother, man, like, you know, when we turn on these cameras, like, let's just talk <laughs> and we just talk, you know, for 15 minutes. So let's go ahead and open the second two thirds of the podcast open to, you know, our topic today, because, you know, we've gotten into some things about our, our past. But I think that, you know, this is a good time to share with people some of our hardships and failures within the process. So today's topic is the failures, um, perceived failures or whatnot, um, and hardships and how we can um, just reflect and also inspire. Because I think a- another topic that we want to do is inspire people through our story. So um, I'm going to open it up to you, kind of just give us some background mm-hmm. um, on kind of your ideas with it. And then we'll kind of bounce back and forth. How's that sound? No, I, I love it. Fears and failures is such an important topic. Yeah, fears and failures. That was the important fears. And, and, and what's great about that topic is that everyone deals with that. Mm. It relates to everyone. It's human. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner, if you're a chef or a student. You can be yes. in any industry. Fear and failure is something that you are going to have to learn to live with. Yes. And that's exactly the key, at least in my story. I've learned to embrace fear. Yeah. I feel it. I feel it in my soul every day. I feel the butterflies. I'm nervous about everything that could go wrong. Right. Right. The anxiety can build up. Right. And the fear is present. Yeah. So so I'm going to just dive right in. Like, like when you say like you embrace the fear because the fear is always there. Right. Um, and, and fear is almost like an excitement, like anxiety, you know, um, but how are you able to embrace it? Well, here's the thing that, that, that gut feeling, yeah. right. That those knots in your stomach. Yeah. It's not going away. Right. It's not 100%. going away until you face what you have to go through. Uh-huh. And then it will relieve itself. And it'll come back the next day in a different form. Right. But it's going to come back. Okay. Right? So we get so worked up right. about 
oh, I got this day going on. Oh, I got this happening. I got this employee I got to talk to. I have, you know, this big party I got to pull off. We, we've got all these crazy things that are going on. Right. And we're scared you of know, not delivering. Yeah. So I was just going to say, like, you know, what just jumps into my soul is like we have a fear of the failure. You know what I'm saying? That's what our fear is, is, you know, messing up, missing the opportunity, not being prepared. So why do you, obviously I think a lot of people know like fear is what stops people from chasing their dreams. So what has helped you to overcome that on your own journey to know that it's not going away, but also attack it in a positive way? You know, one of, one of the most important things Tina said to me when we were talking about opening uh, our own restaurant, if 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 fear and fear of failure is the only thing that's stopping you then that's not a good enough reason to not do it right and she was right you know we we jumped off a cliff we looked at it we we got the knots in our stomach as we stared down right at the 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 distance where you couldn't even see the ground yeah and you could feel the wind pushing you around and then you just jump right and that fear that's going through your stomach, that feeling is going to be there the whole fall. Right. You're going fast. A hundred percent. So you kind of have to learn to live with it, which is, which is strange to say. Live with that feeling. Yes. Like, because like you almost have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable is what comes to my mind. Because you, we talk about failure as a bad thing. Right, right, right. right. I, th- so I think that that's what we want to break. Keep and, going. And, no, I and, love it. And, and to me, failure is not a bad thing because Everyone is going to fail. There's always going to be someone better than you. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be someone with more skill, someone yeah. who put in more work, yeah. someone with more talent, right. someone with more resources. Right. It's, it's always going to happen. But the thing about it is you should never fail without learning. Mm. Right? I lose. Tough. I lose all kinds of cooking competitions. Yeah. And it hurts. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It breaks. It breaks something I, down I, internally. I, I don't want to ruin this story because I think this is so good. But I think most people see you always winning. Like, wh- what? What? What would you say to that? Because I know you have had failures. You don't win every competition. Obviously, Top Chef is an example, but you win in a lot of people's perspective. If you know what I'm trying to say, it's because I've learned to know that I'm winning at life. Mm, oh goddamn! Drop the mic! Drop the <laughs> mic! Y'all just log off! Log no. off! God! You know, it, it, Go it's, ahead, it's, say it again. Say it again. I've, this I've, is I've, important. I've I've learned to embrace me. Yes. Right. My individuality. Yeah. I'm I'm confident in who I am. Yes. I know there's powerful. only one me. This is a nugget. And Keep and going. I'm okay with that. Right? right. Now I'm embracing that. Now I'm running with that. That's where that confidence is coming from. I love it. I'm not trying to compare myself to someone else's successes or someone else's lifestyle or someone else's accomplishments. Right. I'm doing me. Right. I'm getting up in the morning. I'm making a choice to deliver, perform, try to be better than yesterday. Yeah. And be the best person that I can be and have good values. Yeah. And I think that's what comes across as winning. 
Right. Because I lose most of the cooking shows <laughs> I cook on. <laughs> <laughs> You're wild. Keep going. No. But, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've learned to love myself. No, that's a powerful message. It is a powerful, a very powerful message. But I, I think I want to dive into like, Share share a story with the people in regards to, you know, no matter what, what comes to your mind, but share a story about your, whether it be a fear or a failure, what kind of stories along your journey come to your mind to um, give some people perspective of, you know, what we're talking about? Yeah. You know, my, my, my thought process growing up is, is I've learned that I've had a victim's mentality. Wow. I feel like I don't deserve to win. I don't yeah. deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be, to be welcomed, right? I'm not supposed to be in this room. And that's, that's such a horrible feeling. And a lot of us feel that way. Yeah. Right. That victim's mentality is, is a real thing, but there's only one you. So how can you say you don't deserve to be somewhere when there's no one else like you? And it took me a long time of digging through my story and understanding that, you know what? You do deserve it. That's you powerful. be happy. Yeah. Feel that love. Yeah. Feel that joy. Yeah. Embrace it. Yeah. You know, when I, I remember when I told Tina, I was like, I don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you have walls up. And she right. was absolutely right. Right. And when I dropped those walls, yeah. I made all kinds of new friendships. Good for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got, I got all these, these new relationships that are, are, are feeding my soul. Yeah. But it's also coming from me, right? right? I'm making the effort. That's an important note. So in business, in, in my personal life, I'm making an effort every day yeah. to try, right, to show up. This is crazy because I was just sharing this with somebody um, recently, um, which is basically like for a long time growing up, like I didn't think I was going to live. Like I, I, I honestly didn't think that I would live past 21, 25. I never imagined that I would make it to 30. And, you know, when you said, like, it's a victim's mentality, like, you know, I, I always think, like, it's a um, it's a cultural thing. Like, I was, I always thought I'd be destined for, this is be honest, like, like, I always thought I was either going to die, you know, from a bad situation or end up in jail. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just what was in my head. Or I could join the military, mm-hmm. and I never wanted to join the military. So, like, when you say, like, you had to get out of that victim's mentality, the other day when I shared this story with um, the lady... Man, I really had to think for a second, like, wow, I deserve to be doing what I'm doing right now. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a a thought process that, like, growing up, and I want to share this with people because there's some kids growing up right now that think the same thing that I thought. Mm -hmm. And you, you deserve to, like what brother said today, you can, you can choose to. Yeah. You can choose to. And you have that one life that you can either accept what, what what people are telling you or challenge yourself to jump off that cliff and figure it out. Absolutely. Your past your past does not define who you are or who you will become. That's that that's powerful. And it, and you know what a lot of people and I I'm speaking from even my own personal experience like the past is something so powerful. So let's talk about like, what is it with like the fear of your past? Like, what is that connection that I'm trying to like get to? Well, I think the, the, the toughest part, especially coming from, from the similar backgrounds that we come from, it, that's all, you know, right? The people around you are, are dying. Yeah. They're in jail or they leave to go to the military. 
Right. Right. That that's that's about the extent of what you see is the outcome. Yeah. And you don't know that this world exists. You don't know that this this giant world with all these amazing cultures and all these amazing people and these different ways of thinking, these right. different ways of doing things wow. actually exist. <sighs> That's right? powerful. Because we're sheltered. You don't right? know. Until, until social media. I think social media has definitely started to change that. Like people yeah. are exposed to like, oh, wow, that people, you can go there. Yeah. You can get a passport. You can get a bank account. Yeah. <laughs> like that's starting to change because of social media. But a lot of us in, in this generation, we didn't get that. Right. Right. So it's why we feel that we have to hold on yeah. to that defense mechanism. That's mm-hmm. that's all that is. Right. That was defense against the world because it was about survival. That survivalist mentality yeah. Of like, I got to do this to protect me right. from, from anyone who's trying to cause harm or take advantage yeah. or take what I got. That's, that's why we, we carry that so heavily. You know, I, I, I noticed it when I went to Japan for the, for, for the very first time. It's, it was the first time I felt like I could drop my American edge. Describe that. I'm on guard, right? Yeah. When I'm, especially when you're in the city. And you're yeah. in New York, you're oh in Chicago, you're, you're so, on guard, right? I feel what you're saying. When you travel, you could drop that. Keep going. Yeah, now. but yeah. but even, even you know, you still kind of carry it. Like, there's still like a, I feel this need to assert myself as a dominant. To be. The bravado. Not, not, not weak. Yeah, I'm tough, I'm hard. Yeah. Like, that mindset is 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 something that I, I feel heavily in, in many towns that you're in. When we go overseas, I mean, when I was in Tokyo, I was like, I didn't have to carry any of that. It was wow. so hospitable. Wow. It was, I, I couldn't believe that, you know, and I, I noticed it. Right. You know, that you didn't have to act a tough for anyone. Yeah. You know, it, it's just strange. It's just a cultural thing. No, it, it is. It is very cultural. But I, I think that, and it comes back to one of our earlier podcasts, like it's a part of our identity mm-hmm. to have to be in that survival mode, mm-hmm. you know, to not be, you know, yeah. Cut short. That's that's the best way to put it. You well, know, well, and saying? especially when you experience a lot of loss. Yeah, at a young age, you learn to fight. Right, right, right. And you learn to fight quick. Yeah. And you learn to fight to survive. Yeah. And a lot of us have made it because of that mentality, but you've never dealt with why you were fighting. Oh my God, that's deep. So you got to go back and understand why, why you started fighting. You why fighting. you put those walls up? Yeah. Who was trying to harm you? Yeah. Who was trying to take something from you? <laughs> right? You have to go back into that story. It's yeah. so important. Yeah. You know, and it this is just me years, years later, finally yeah. dealing with all the stuff that I've dealt with no, and coming to terms and, and, and dealing with those people and right. having those conversations and understanding my role. Yeah. And as as a as a you know participant or as a victim. Right. And no longer using that as my excuse to say. This is why yeah. I can't. Yeah. Right? I can. I can. And I am. I am. And I do mm. every day. Ooh, that's hot. Hot. It's, you, we've got one, one shot at this planet. Yeah. Right? This is one shot at this life. Yeah, I think that that's, that's um, undervalued, you know, to, to stress it. It's, it's, it's so cliche, you know what I'm saying? But we don't think about when you come from that, that tough background where it's pain and it's hurt and it's aggression. Yeah. When you come from that, you don't think about the future. 
You You're thinking about today. Right. You don't. You right? don't plan. You live in the moment. Right. You don't. So you're not thinking about college as a as an adolescent, nope. right? You you trying to just get home from school. 100%. You're not thinking about what you're going to do for a career. Right. Because you don't you think, think you're going to live to the, be that old. You even think you're going to get there. So that's, that's something that I think is important to change is that we have to be thinking about the future. So this is why we start these kinds of conversations with yeah. a lot of our young team members. Right. Tell me about a Roth IRA. Yeah. Tell me about real estate. Right. You know, I asked somebody earlier today, I know you're cooking now. What is your goal to being able to retire? How do you get there? Right. They need to ask themselves these questions because we're asking ourselves these questions. Right. And our parents weren't asking our, there's, our parents weren't asking themselves that question until they were in their forties and fifties. Right. So, Change. We have to change yeah. that that that, change that, that whole, dynamic. That, that's such an important piece. That's powerful, powerful. Especially you having those conversations. Um, you know, personally, um, that was a part of the conversation with the lady was the Roth IRAs. She said, "You're 30 years old now. If you save," she said, "This is her exact conversation." She said, um, "If you put 400 every month away, by the time you," she said, "like 55, 65, you have two million. Mm -hmm. And you know, obviously, like it kind of hit me because I knew when my father told me when I was super young, um, if I started at like 18 or 16, something by the time you're 30, now I'm 30, I could have X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So that nugget that she said to me, um, really hit heavy because Time's come, fine. come time, like me and my little cousin was talking the other day, like 10 to 20 f took forever to c go mm -hmm. like ages 10 to 20. Like, I couldn't wait to grow up. Your 30s fly by. 20 to 30, bro, was so fast. And now I know, like, speaking in terms of that Roth RA, 45, 55, 65, mm -hmm. it's, you know, now that yeah. I can even see a future, now that I have a son mm -hmm. that I want to be there for, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I want to hit those numbers, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But, you know, we also have to question what is happiness. What what are you searching for when you talk yeah. about the joy that you're going to get out of life? Because a lot of it isn't normally money. Even if you, right. you get the money, you find less happiness. Yeah, people cry in a bins. You what know what I'm saying? What, what did you give up and sacrifice and lose to chase you know, I was I we, we were talking about this earlier. This about, is tough. We were this talking about this conversation topic, earlier. <laughs> we, we watch a lot of things to understand the process. I was watching this documentary about these individuals who are on the road constantly. Yeah. And they're doing whatever it takes to stay relevant. Yeah. To to gain the fame. Yeah. To keep the fame mm -hmm. and to build the brand and become wealthy and successful. Right. And they all talk about how much loss. Yeah. The things they gave up, right? The relationships, the friendships, right, right, right? The time, the time with their kids that they can't get back, right? The times that they're rebuilding now, right? Is that worth it? I don't know. I think that this is where you know each individual person is different, you know, because like for example, um, you know, the person who wants to create that generational change for their family may have to sacrifice that extra to put their you know family in a better position, and you know what, like kind of like what you're going on is like you know money isn't the the thing that's going to make you happy it's just not you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying um but at the same time like i can't just and this is a, a reflection of me personally um you know when i was and this is a, a a great um like insert into the topic is fears and failures like there was a time where 
my son was young and I was just on my own as an entrepreneur. I had to be a single father every weekend. And like for me, um, it was it was I got my son Friday morning, at eight o'clock. So Saturday, Sunday, I dropped him off Monday. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I shut down my business during that time. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is the only times I could operate. Mm-hmm. And like, don't get me wrong. Like I spent a lot of time with my son. Like I'm super uber thankful for the time that I got to spend with my son and watch him grow at that age. But there was a part of me dying like inside where I was almost ready to quit my business because I was like, well, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? Mm. What am I doing this for? If if at the when my business is at the greatest, my personal life is always at the worst. Mm. But if my personal life is doing great, and my business is low. I'm not happy. Yeah. So then we start talking about like those balances. And like, to be honest, my failures was, you know, just sitting there like sitting with my son and honestly just to be quite frank and transparent i wasn't enjoying my time with him because i was thinking about the failures Mm -hmm. you feel me yeah and i had fear that i'm not going to get this time with my son again Mm -hmm. i don't get to see him during the week so i can only see him on the weekend and now to reflect i still get him every weekend but thank God I have a babysitter that's helping me right now to where, to be honest, I don't see him every Saturday, every Sunday, all day anymore. You know, I see him Friday nights because I get him at night now. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday and Sunday, most of the time, to be honest, if I have to work, like I'm, I got to go drop him off and then see him at night. Mm-hmm. But for me, you know, in my situation, like I, I feel the value is in the sacrifice and that my son will, you know, see that as well and mm-hmm. that it will add up. You know what I'm saying? So for most people, and this is not for everybody, everybody has to judge their own desires, their own ambitions, and it's not always on a dollar sign. Absolutely. But I do have dollar sign dreams. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. No, it it, 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 it will solve some things. I mean, it, it gives you a, that comfort. But the thing that... It's a tool. It's but, a tool. But if there's anything that we've all experienced, right, history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. And and this pandemic is 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 close to probably the closest thing to a financial break since right. you know something is 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 as real as like the depression or two thousand eight right. yeah like there, the stock market crashes that happened a lot of people had things snatched away right 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 I mean I was one of those I yeah. going home and humbly humbly talking to Tina and saying hey we just inherited. Three hundred thousand dollars of of debt. I'm right. sorry. Right. I don't know where I went wrong. Right. But I screwed up. Right. Like that was a failure. Yeah. The pandemic. God. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Like I mean, the that- pandemic alone. And I'm just going to be quite frank and just to be transparent of where I sit on this. I'm so opposed to the way that COVID nineteen is being marketed for fear. Like mm. that, it like for me, like if if people know, like, hey, these are the things to help if you get it. Talking in terms of health, like the vitamin C, the zinc stuff. Like, if people would promote healthy eating, like that would be for me. But yeah. I feel like the whole pandemic thing is promoting fear. Now, this is just my opinion, and I know that fear kills people faster than a lot of diseases. Yeah, fear. You no, know what I'm and, saying, and, and and that's that's where you have to make that and choice. And it killed dreams too. That that fear, that fear of feeling like I was about to lose everything, yeah, a year and a half ago, made me feel like the biggest failure. Mm. And it was so easy to go into a hole, bro, 
and and just check out and disconnect. That was me in the pandemic. And like the whole thing was based on like, it was yo, every, my whole it was a shit lot is of us. failing. It was a lot of us. And, you know what I'm saying? But, but at some point you have to make that decision to say, you know what? I'm not going to let fear rule me. Amen. I, I'm proud right? of that. Yeah. And, and you have to start swinging back. Swinging. And, and that's what this last year and a half have been for me is I'm swinging for the fences. Right. You know, I'm out here fighting for milk money. I'm trying to eat. Yes. And that thought process, that mindset has forced me to to be reinvigorated with this this crazy drive yeah. to ensure that we're protected. Yeah. Right. And not just yeah. me. Can we protect our staff? Right. Their families. They right. depend on us, too. Right. And that's my constant thought process now. What are we doing to ensure that we are okay? Yeah. You know, we've we've had something snatched away from us, right? We right. were forced to shut down. Yeah, that that's so tough. That was crazy. That, that, that's not something I did. Yeah, that's that's a tough failure. Mm-hmm. Is a forced failure when you had no no control. Yeah. Like that's that's tough. But but it's 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 why projects like this are created. Are so important. Because exactly, they were born out born of that fear, from that failure, and that failure. God, that's right? powerful. Which makes this even more of a connection. More of a connection. Because I'm so excited to watch this become successful. Because this is another safety net Baby. I'm building. Yes, for all of it. Right, right, right. For the for the umbrella, mm-hmm. and that's powerful because not only was it the fear of the COVID, the failure of everything shutting down, having to go curbside. You and only one chef working out of it. You guys were literally making the menu every single day. These are all the failures in the trials and tribulations to then create this, which is the birth of something beautiful out of that fear and failure. Is that pretty fair to say? Absolutely. Man, that's crazy. and, and, And the other part, too, is... I get to have these conversations with a lot of our team members. Somebody asked, Tina asked me this the other night. She said, you know, what's, what's the one thing that you spend a lot of your time on when it comes to work? And I said, it's, it's team. Yeah. Right. It's the interaction. Chef, you got a moment. Yeah. Chef, can I talk? I have intentionally changed gears to have way more one-on-one time with people individually yeah. than I did before the pandemic because I realized that, they are feeling the same ways. God, that's powerful. Right? The insecurities. Right. The fears of, of losing. Right. Right? The 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 antisocial. Yep. The disconnect. The the worry about their health. Mm-hmm. The worry about for their family's health. Mm-hmm. You have to make more of an effort to talk to people right now. Yeah. Right? It's I mean, we already were in the social media era. Right. And then you throw in that disconnect. That makes us extra. You've got to be distant. even more engaged, right. right? And it's 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 emotionally taxing because right. that that there was weight that comes with that. Yeah. If I'm gonna sit here and be like, "How you doing?" and you unload on me, I got to be wow. ready to carry that weight. Talk about that. That's, that's so true. That's something that I think is extremely hard for a lot of people right now, especially in leadership roles. And I say that like for myself. Burden. I say that for my team members. Wow. I see it every day. Is that you're at you're you're making this effort to and check it, on someone, and but it's creating your load to be heavier. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people don't have that foundation to stand on with that, that weight on their shoulders. Load. That is, that's something that is probably unspoken right now mm-hmm. in terms of like leadership issues 
right now people are breaking dealing with this pandemic and issue with staffing and you know fear of their own safety mm-hmm. fear of um you know the business and their own stability and that's the hardest part because it's so easy to you just to go i'm done right i'm bro, done i almost went to the mountains i'm not gonna lie like i, I almost mean, went to the mountains and said man forget all this <laughs> but, but, but the, the give the up the give up is so real today it's so it's so right yeah it, it's still it's harder now yeah than it was during the pandemic than it was before the pandemic and right. it's not going to go back to the way it was like that's a scar right that scar is going to live on your body forever true so we have to know that there is no going back to the way it was this is the new norm and you have to embrace that but yeah we have to find better ways to communicate and yeah. and drop some of these burdens and you know, drop some of these walls and, right. and, and this disconnect. Right. Because that's the only way we're going to come out of this. This is a tough topic because I, I, I think I mentioned this to you before and we have to find a way to be able to bridge the gap. Right. Mm-hmm. Because and I'm just going to use the example of like mental health. Right. Yeah. We talk about and we say we want to start conversations about mental health health and that we want to, you know, challenge the norm, you know, and then when people are vulnerable, they take that risk. Then we, they, it's a double-edged sword. And I want to bring it back because I remember you sharing the story about when you were vulnerable about, about mental health, there was a backlash that you got as yeah. well. So, like, even though it's we want to have these conversations, it takes extreme courage mm-hmm. to even, you know, be willing to share but then go through the process and I think what a lot of people have fear <laughs> about this concept is that backlash. Yeah. So talk about how you're able to, you know, be vulnerable, share your story, and then also be prepped to, you know, mentally deal with that backlash. Yeah. You know, I've, I've learned and I've heard this message over and over and over. My story is not meant for me. It's meant for somebody else to hear. Yo, that's the powerful, most right. powerful thing you've ever told me. I, I've, you've got to relive your pain for somebody else to be, to, to find some hope. Yeah. And I'm vulnerable because that means help. Wow. Right. I'm vulnerable because somebody is seeing that they're not alone. Right. You can't help somebody who's dealing with those those mental health issues because that's an internal battle. Right. Right? That's a war that's raging inside of them. Right. And they're fighting like hell to win. But hope is the one thing that I think is most important when, when discussing mental health. Yeah. Is realizing you're not alone. Yes. You're not crazy. Yes. yes. You're not going th- you're not the only one feeling that way. Right, right. So I share a lot, probably more than I should sometimes, but I share because this is real. I, I really felt like that or I yeah. really am going through that. And I right. want you to know that don't get caught up in this this fake perception of like everything's peachy and yeah. I'm cooking food and traveling the world and getting yeah. to do all these cooking shows. No. That's yeah. not how it's going on. I'm struggling. Right, right. And I'm fighting. Yeah. And it's real. And mm-hmm. and and thankfully, I have great people in my corner. Yeah. I have uh, an amazing spouse who loves me. Shout out T. Shout out T. And and that's the support system. And sharing that, this is how I cope with it. Yeah. I have my dogs. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's a coping mechanism for me. That's a comfort. Wow. That's important. 
I need that, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I rely heavily on Tina, but I also have animals that, that are, are that support. for me. Yeah. Emotional support. I have outlets. Yeah. Right? Golf. We, we I play a lot of golf. Yeah. And it's because I, I've learned I need that. Yeah. Right? Getting back into physical health. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, hey, yeah. let's get it. You know what I'm saying? Let's get it. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, you know, learning that, like, you need that. Like, Tina and I were talking, like, you feel better mentally. Right. When After you are workout. working out physically. Right. So it's just making the effort for those things because, you know, people need hope right now. I think that's the most powerful thing that you said was, is that people need hope and that by sharing your story, you can inspire someone else and that there is hope in people relating to your sh- story because they now feel, not only you feel, but they now feel they aren't alone as well. And I think that was the powerful part about like, you know, your story isn't for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's for it's for someone else, but you cannot share it until you deal with it. Was yeah. the part that was like bang bang boogie to me. Well, and, and and also the realization that I don't need your validation. Yeah, I don't need you to co-sign me. I don't need, I don't need that acceptance. Right. I'm not looking I'm for not, it. Yeah. I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Right. I'm me. I'm okay with that. Right. And I think when more people get to the point where they realize that. You don't have to chase that acceptance, mm, right? To yeah. be a part of that clique, right? To 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 make you feel like you are allowed to be here, yeah, right? That yeah. victim's mentality, right? You have to, to validate get, you to validate you. I mean, for me, it was it was television, right? I was cooking on Top Chef because I felt like that was the pinnacle, that right. was the measurement, that's yeah. where I got my justification yeah. that I was a chef, right? When in reality. I was a great person and a great chef yeah. way before I went on any TV show. Real quick, I just want to pull it out you because we haven't really gotten into too many stories. Share with the people a story about a fear of failure within Top Chef. I think getting kicked off the first time for the 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 German egg, egg roll. roll. Yeah. <laughs> um, I felt like I let everybody down. Right. Yeah. And I think every chef that goes through that show feels that way yeah. because you sacrifice so much to be on that show. Right. 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 It's a commitment. You're gone for two months. You're away from your family. You're 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 away from your businesses. Yeah. You gave up a lot to go. Yeah. So to get kicked off and not feel like it was it was my time. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be there for the long, long, long haul. That was hard. And that was a blow that. For me, it was immediate anger. Mm. And I I walked off set and I paced like a like a caged lion. Yeah. In the in the in the studio room where they do the, the exit interviews. Yeah. And I paced. I wouldn't sit down. Yeah. And I paced back and Too forth. Hot. I was hot. Yeah. And I'm a big guy. So you get that that type of emotion energy. Yeah. and energy. Producers didn't want nothing to do with me at that Hell point. Oh no. They were like, We'll just reconvene this. Yeah. And they they literally sent me to my, you know, sequester hotel room, yeah, and gave me a couple of days to cool off, yeah. And I remember calling Tina that night, and I was just I was I was upset, yeah. I was upset, um, but it was because I felt like I had let everybody down, yeah. right? I was supposed to win, yeah. And then I came back and and fought like crazy in Last Chance Kitchen, and you know. Which ended was up, epic, by the way. It was epic, but by the you know, way, it <laughs> was epic. But I still ended up losing. But I was okay at that 
it wasn't okay, but you know, I, I felt like I still was in it. I still yeah. had a fight left in me. Yeah. Right. But I was using anger to fuel it. The, the difference was when I went back the second time. Yeah. I didn't have that same anger. Yeah. I had a lot of insecurities. Talk about this. Talk I about had this. A, I had a lot of, of fears that, you know, I wasn't good enough. Because you're on the second time. I'm, I'm out here trying. Go I'm, I'm going because I feel like I need the approval. Right. Right. I'm willing to put myself through all this painful, yeah. you know, mental fatigue and yeah. all, all that, all the stress. Because I'm trying to get validated. And yeah. my insecurities were so bad that when I got rejected again, yeah, it, it didn't trigger anger. What it triggered was PTSD. It triggered a lot of the neglect. Wow. It triggered a lot of the defense mechanisms that I had and placed the walls that I had up. Yeah. They crumbled. Mm. And I wasn't mentally prepared to deal with that in, in, in an environment where I was by myself locked in a room. You were back there again. Right? I didn't have any type of, of support, support system. system right. To get me out of it. So when yeah. I went into a depression mode, I went into a deep depression mode. Yeah. And it was it was a dark, nasty place that one split second decision can ruin and affect many people's lives. Yeah. And that was something that was so real. It is real. And I had to I had to work myself out of it. And it took a long time to get out of that. Yeah, I mean, explain I, the I, process to I us. stayed in that process. Like yeah. even when I got sent home for, for medical, right. I, I told him I'm not mentally fit to continue on the show. Yeah. And I, and that's why I got off the show. When I went back to Colorado, when I came back here to Colorado, I went right back into it. We went to Aspen. We did three days, four days in Aspen food and wine cooking right. for a whole bunch of people. Right. Me and you flew to New York. Right. We went and did a James Beer dinner in New York. Right. Then it was off to California. Like it was just. Then you was on the go. I just was on the go. I was I was running. Band-aiding it. I, I wasn't dealing with it. I, yeah. I literally put everything in that closet and shut well, the door. Well, tell me, I don't mean to stop you, but tell me what were your insecurities that you were dealing with? I, you know, I didn't feel like I was a good enough chef. I didn't feel like I fit into my businesses. I didn't feel like I was delivering as a husband. Mm. I felt a lot of insecurities yeah. and getting that rejection yeah. was was so real that I took it way hard. It like, bro, it's just a TV show. I didn't take it that way. Yeah. Like that was And people are congratulating you like on the like about the TV yeah. show. And it's it, it was how it was, was that dealing with that? It was because a weird disconnect. Internally, you're you have a different feel about it. Well, and you know the thing about it is when when you do shows, you're you're putting yourself out there to be vulnerable, right? Right. You're putting yourself out there to be judged, to to be critiqued, right? And social media is going to open that door. Mm-hmm. And I went through a really tough phase of of really hateful comments for a number of weeks on social media. Because when the show released, certain time frame, certain they episodes, portrayed they portrayed me a certain way. I know, yeah, keep you know, going. but but it, the things that were being said were hurtful, right. right? I'm a person, right? At the end of the day, you're human, and it and it's very targeted. It's very specific, and you oh, can't yeah. ignore it. Right. And then, you know, so many people go through that. It, it's just why, yeah, you know. But then you want the acceptance, you want the validation, so you 100%. go through it again. You're willing to go through it again, <laughs> yeah, which is the most. Obnoxious. Bizarre thought process right. ever. You know what 
But there's you're such a risk versus reward in that situation. You know what I'm saying? And you're, but what's the reward? Because because at the end of the day, I don't care who wins that show, who's winning at life? Yeah. And that's right? debatable. Right. That's debatable. Super. It, only, it doesn't matter who won the show. It doesn't matter who was the runner up. It doesn't matter who was the top five. Yeah. People are going to remember you for you and mm. what you do afterwards. Right. You know, you get a, a small window to to have this platform to talk to a very large audience. Right. What are you saying? Yeah. And depending on what you say and how you yeah. present yourself yeah. is what's going to build connection. And then that's what's going to. Which I think you're winning at. That, that you're winning at. So I want to bring it back because like you, that fits exactly where you're at. And I feel like um, at that time, let's go back to you coming back to Colorado. Tell us about that process because I know you stayed in for a long time. You traveled all over. Tell me about how you turn that failure or, and that fear, those insecurities, upside down. There, there came a moment where yeah. When was it? What, what I, was going on? I was, I was home, and I realized every Sunday I was just crashing. I worked so hard for six days that I just want to stay in bed all day. Yeah. But then that staying in bed turned into well, I don't want to get up on Monday. I know that's right. Right. I don't want to go anywhere on Tuesday. I'm making excuses to hide. And not deal with the world. And I'm disconnecting from the people who are trying. Wow. I relate to that. And and they don't know how to, to have a conversation with you because you won't open up. Right. You're so sheltered and you're so locked into this, you know, emotional terrorism. Yeah. That you have to make a decision at some point of yeah. what you're going to do. Yeah. And for me, that was a moment where... I realized I was I was deep in it. Yeah. I wasn't dealing with anything. Yeah. And I could see people shine away from me. Wow. And I had to change that. I had to change all of it because I was creating this false perception of I'm good. I'm good. I'm right. working. I'm right. out here doing Aspen yeah. food and wine. Like yeah. I'm at James Beard House. Yeah. I'm creating this fake perception. Everything that's, that I that I'm preaching about. Going good. Man, that's deep, bro. That's super deep. So I had to make a change and, and that started with That started with You know People not giving up on me mm-hmm. Right Tina wouldn't give up on me Right There was certain uh, There were certain friends in my life That refused Right Would constantly call yep. Check in How yep. you doing And that is what encouraged me to You know Start having those conversations again with a therapist Start Getting the The help That I needed But also Pursuing like other things You know Spiritually Mm. That I needed to be fed. I needed to to stop trying to control the world because I wasn't in control. Right. Right. When you try to control it is when it falls apart the most. The most. So it's like I had to let go and look up. Yeah. And that was something that just that just clicked for me. You know, I, I found a lot during that time. Yeah. That's powerful, man. I love it. I love I love the story. I appreciate the vulnerability. Um, I do want to make sure that I always do this on every episode. I always want to give our fans something to take away. You know, when you're talking about fears and failures, like what kind of advice or tips, you know, that you could share with somebody to inspire them along their own journey? What would you say, brother? You know, I'm a quote, probably one of my, probably one of my favorite speakers in the world, Roddy Roddy Piper. (laughs) 
I'm. Uh, you have to show up to chew gum and kick ass, Amen. and you're all out of bubble gum. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. You you have to fight. I love you it. You gotta fight. I love it. Don't be scared of the fight. Yeah. I think when 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 people get into their very first fight as young yeah. adults, yeah, as young kids, yeah, it's the fear of the punch, mm-hmm. right? It's not the actual punch. Yeah, it's the fear of it, right? Or even like the fear of the um. Humiliation mm-hmm. It's not even the punch itself Yeah So don't be afraid to fight Right And I'm not talking physically Right But, but fight, I'm talking fight for emotionally you. Fight for your passion fight, fight for your love Fight for fight your to craft, love yourself Fight for your family I you love have that message Alright man um, As I think about my message for this week I, I always I try to got two You know um, My first one would be um, As I reflect on my own journey When I was like super depressed First off I gotta say thank you brother Because when I was going through my own personal depression, and you know this, um, you were always one to call. And I didn't want to answer the phone all the time. Mm -hmm. But you called. So thank you for that, first and foremost. Um, But my tip would be is that in my lowest time, in my depressing moments, um, when I wanted to give up, I went physical. Like, I I, I made myself run. And there was something about, it's only me on that run. And, like, I, I have to run. And it wasn't about time. It was always about completion for me. And, like, I always felt better. So, like, even though, like, I was mentally drained, emotionally at rock bottom, physically, I could pull out a victory. And, like, that was something big for me when I was going through it myself. So, my tip would be is, you know, if you're going through it, maybe try the gym. Maybe try a run. You know, these physical things that, you know, your body is capable of will then, you know, come back to you mentally. Yeah. And then my second thing would be is breathe. Like I, I stretch every day at the gym and I take a moment to just breathe. And personally, I shut down when I'm when I have fear and anxiety and I think about fears. I shut down too easily. And like just breathing. There's a double inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth that I've been working on. So if I ever, bro, I'm not. I lying. feel like there's a smoking innuendo no, here. No, no, it's not. Like I smoke, I smoke for medical and and you know emotional reasons, but like. It's simple, like a double inhale through mm-hmm. your nose and an exhale through your mouth. There's something about like science that like somebody else could prove yeah. this better than me that is good for your body and mm-hmm. it helps your brain. And yeah. uh, that's what I do. Those are my tips. Um, but man, this was a powerful one, uh, another powerful, powerful conversation. Yeah, I, I want to thank you for this one. This one, no, was, the, the small was, wins uh, matter. The, the small wins matter the most. Yeah, this was big. Um, man, look, y'all. Let's do a recap. Um, all the all the podcasts are uploaded back on YouTube. We're caught back up on videos. I was slacking, but I'm <laughs> caught back up. All the videos, I'm going to post the next one tomorrow, so we'll be caught all the way back up. All the podcasts are on the Spotify and iTunes. We're all caught back up there as well. So definitely follow along. Subscribe through all audio platforms for the podcast. Just look up Chef Brother Luck or look up No Luck's Given podcast. That's where you can find us. Definitely subscribe to Brother Lux YouTube. We've got content dropping. I want to plug real quick your Patreon. Um, we're launching the Patreon here very soon. If you're a supporter of Brother Luck, we would appreciate, you know, young, what'd you call it? Young brother, middle brother, <laughs> grown brother. <laughs> Three different tiers. Three different tiers. Anyways, um, we have ways <laughs> for you to support. And, uh, you know, give us a review or rating on iTunes or Spotify. That's what we would be thankful for. But beyond that, 
brother. Um, you can find brother at Chef Bill Luck IG. Hit him with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, or check me out in the restaurants or in the studio. Yeah, check us out at the restaurant. Lucky Dumpling is right here downtown. Um, and then Four by Brother Luck is an incredible restaurant. Um, and then myself, I'm Dana Keith, official Dana Keith on IG, YouTube, everywhere else, Facebook. You find me at Dana Keith. And uh, man, thank you for this one, man. I, I think that this is one of those that I'm going to look back on. Um, and it's going to hit heavy. I know a lot of people watching. I don't know how your um, comments are going into Facebook. What, what's that look like? Uh, Tina said, are you caught up on your invoicing? Me? <laughs> I probably got to invoice y'all, T. Thank you, T. I appreciate the plug. But I, I am working on that. I have Honey Books, ow, which is working good for me. So I am getting caught up. I appreciate you, T. I love you guys. Thank you for everything. And um, no luck's given, man. Yeah, shout You got out. anything to wrap up? What the luck? What the luck? This one, bro, I almost cried. I almost cried. <laughs> I almost. I'm emotional, y'all. But uh, this one was good. So um, no, and stay, stay tuned, man. We have so much more stuff coming. Yep. I, I can't wait to share all this crazy stuff that we've been doing. Yep. But it's just the beginning. We're barely scratching the surface. Lots of dinners, lots of classes, and... You get to still continue to listen to us on the podcast. Listen no to giving. the podcast. No <laughs> looks given, baby. T, I did better this week, just so you know. I love y'all. Peace. Peace. The man behind the hustling grind. This is pride, courage, determination, and perseverance. Welcome to No Looks Given.